This is Live Well Talk and maintain a routine for your child or children. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. Day-to-day life has been disrupted like never before, all because social distancing measures to stop the spread of COVID-19. This lack of routine, coupled with the fear of the unknown, can be overwhelming for children as well as parents. Here to explain what parents can do to maintain a sense of normalcy for their children during this time is Josh Peterson, nurse practitioner at Unity Point Clinic Pediatrics. Welcome. Thanks, Dr. Arnold. This is a topic that's uh, important to me both as a healthcare provider, but also as a parent. My wife and I have five kids, and so kind of working through, you know, some of these things at home as well. What are their ages? 14, 12, 11, 7, and 4. Wow. That's impressive. (laughs) We could do another podcast on where kids come from, because apparently you and your wife need to say that for another podcast. But no, this is obviously disrupting. Um, I have a teenage daughter uh, who's a senior, you know, in her senior year. She's pretty laid back as far as what can you do about it, you know, make Mm -hmm. the best of it. She's that sort of kid. But I can imagine um, it's hard for children to see the impact here. And I'm sure at first it was probably like a snow day and they were kind of excited, Mm -hmm. but now it's kind of worn on. So what are some of your advice you can give, not only for the children, but for the parents to maintain their sanity with the children? Yeah, I think trying to establish some, you know, routines are really important. Um, There are, you know, so many like emotions and thoughts that they're going through and that can create a lot of like chaos for them. And they're used to a lot of like regimen, you know, with with school. So one of the common questions that I get from parents is, is, you know, what should we do at home, you know, with the kids? And one of the things I like to start it with is, is what not to do. And you don't want to try and replicate what's going on at school, you know, at home, because it's just not going to work. Most of us aren't teachers and we're not in a school environment. So that can be really stressful uh, to, try and, to try and duplicate that. You know, my kids have some great teachers and they've sent home a lot of like age appropriate material uh, for my kids to work on. Um, but trying to figure out then how to incorporate in their lives is, I think, is, is part of the challenge. What we try to do at my house is, is, is try and do like two hours a day, usually from like 10 to noon, where we do some like dedicated schoolwork for them. Okay. Where they're working through some of the material that their, their teachers have sent home. For my older kids, you know, it, it works pretty well for them to be pretty self-sufficient. But my younger ones, it's more of a challenge for them. You know, we have to kind of work with them. Sure. You know, and we have to remember, too, with where they're at developmentally, that, that they need pretty frequent breaks and that it works better for them to switch from, you know, kind of one topic you know, to the next. But it can certainly create some conflict, you know, at home that we're not, tip, you know, typically used to in trying to, like, educate our kids at home. Right. And then you never want to just throw in the towel and just let them watch Netflix all day. Right. You know, it's too easy to do. Yes. Too easy to do. You know, we've been doing, I haven't, the kids have, and and my wife, they've been doing jigsaw puzzles. Uh, It takes up time. You know, they do it together. I think that's a nice activity. And I'm sure we're we're too competitive in the Arnold household to actually play board games because uh, it's just, that's disruptive. You know, the quarantine is much better. But uh, what are some activities that you could do as a family to incorporate your kids outside of doing the schoolwork like you talked about, Josh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like to think of it as like sort of like learning or experiences that we can have with our kids um, that we're creating, you know, these memories. Uh, so we like to, to try and be intentional with some of those like creative activities so we're not relying so much on some screen time. 
So you mentioned board games. That's one of our family's, you know, favorite things to do is is to work on board games. Um, there's a big variety of them. Uh, one of my favorites is Settlers of Catan. So I roped some of my kids into playing that with me. But there's also some that the younger kids enjoy. We try to do some full family games of like apples to apples, and it's just it's it's fun. We laugh a lot together, create some memories that way. Uh, another thing that uh, that we've tried to do is is incorporate them with with some cooking at home. You know, give them a chance to learn some of these uh, skills in it's the a kitchen. Great, it's a great yeah, idea. They particularly enjoy making desserts, but it's right, still right, just right. you know it's, it's it's right. It you're learning measurements. Uh -huh. You're learning units of measurement. You're uh, following some sort of instructions I mean, right. that's 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 a great activity and you're kind of distracting them with it's actually a learning activity right and then they realize like what all goes into making food you know having to make sure they have everything on the recipe like following a recipe and then of course they get the enjoyment of well, know, eating it afterwards yeah, so that's good um our kids are pretty creative so we try to encourage that uh, another thing that they like to do is is like write some stories so we encourage them to you know to write a story um and then you know, we, we review it, read it with them, and, and get excited about it, which then makes them more excited. Right. And then encourage them to maybe even, you know, draw some illustrations to go along with it. So, As far as the routine, keep them in their same day, wake, sleep cycle yes. as a school day. Is that, is that your recommendation? Uh, it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but don't let them stay sleep. up as late as they want. Or don't let them sleep in. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's important as good like sleep hygiene practices to have a consistent wake and sleep time. For my younger children, I mean, they naturally wake up at like the same time every day. So, you know, if we were to put them to bed later, like they're just going to be grouchy. Right, so for right. those, we try to really keep to that same schedule. So that's my seven-year-old and my four-year-old, you know, keeping to that schedule. My, my older three kids, we do let them stay up a little bit later than they would typically on a school day. Um, but then we also let them sleep in just a little bit later. But we try to have them all up and moving by nine o'clock, so then we can start kind of that school portion that we do from from ten to noon. It, it's it's been amazing. Dr. Bell and I were talking about this the other day. We have a lot of seven a.m. meetings at the hospital, right? And a lot of those meetings have been either uh, postponed or turned into teleconference. Yeah. You know, so you don't have this this uh, pressure to usually. I get here between 6 and 6.30 on a normal day, sooner if there's something going on. But it's amazing how that just showing up here at 5 to 7 as opposed to 6.15 is like the night and day, you know. And so, but you have to keep that discipline because we're going to have to go back to it eventually or hopefully right. soon. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. What should we be looking for as red flags that things maybe aren't going as well as they should be? I, I think how our I hate to talk kids, about the negative, yeah no but, you know, no people I, no, need I to think know that. A, I think that's important too. Uh, it, it's important to see how our kids are responding to all of this. I mean, kids vary in temperament, uh, and some kids are pretty you know laid back, relaxed, and and you know they take things as they come. Um, but other kids, you know, they're they're just they're wound a little tighter, and so they're naturally a little bit more anxious, and this can really set off a lot of their anxieties. So if you have kids that are really acting out. Um, they are like isolating themselves. They're just you know anxious. I mean, I've I've had some of my patients be experiencing some panic attacks with with this, uh, and it's I mean definitely something that you want to to address. Um, but I think it's important too that you are proactive in you know talking with your kids about what they are experiencing. What questions do they have you know about this pandemic? And if you do have a kid that's you know a little bit more anxious or even experiencing this extreme of you know, panic attacks or not wanting to go outside, you know, for these different fears. It's, 
it's trying to get them the help that they need. So we've been able to do some like virtual counseling with some of these patients. I was just going to ask, yeah. uh, uh, Dr. Cleet Younger came on and we did telemedicine virtual mm -hmm. visits with this. What have you done in pediatrics? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of, uh, of our, especially for kids that have any sort of ill symptoms, trying to do that more like telemedicine. But, you know, some of these mental health issues have come up and it's also a good opportunity to do things um, virtually uh, is, is with mental health. And so, you know, I've been able to connect, you know, some of my patients with counselors to learn some skills to, to cope with some of the anxieties. And we, I mean, we have had some patients that have needed to start some anti-anxiety medicines. And so just walking them through that process and kind of seeing how they respond to that. As uh, someone that's in the pediatric field, how do you make that, I imagine there's trepidation about putting someone on an, anti, an mm -hmm. anxiety medication because you, you hate to use the term, they may grow out of it. Right. You know, we do, right. I don't like to use that term, whether it's asthma or anxiety, yep. because you either have it or you don't, or you don't have it anymore. You just, you know, but uh, so, so you probably have a lot of trepidation, a lot of hesitancy to do that, don't you? Yeah. Some of the things that we use to, to guide, you know, the decision making and starting medicine is, I mean, certainly some screening tools, you know, that then kind of give, give a number, give a, you know, and a kind of assessment of where their anxiety is at. And so that factors into the decision making. Certainly the, you know, the parents, you know, they're a good like source of how much is this anxiety affecting their life? And that's really the important is, is if this is affecting their everyday life and they're having this extreme of panic attacks, you know, then, you know, it, it's, it's time to try something, you know, to help them. And, and certainly we can always start with the, you know, the therapy, you know, piece with how do you cope, you know, with anxiety? What are some strategies, you know, some some deep breathing, some corrective thinking, you know, some of those things can be helpful too. And sadly, I think the the economic impact is going to start is like a, you know, is that that snow snow day sort of mentality mm -hmm. for for the kids and the parents is ending, and you have this like economic tsunami that's probably coming. That's going to add to the stress, isn't it? So it's good to get out in front of it now. It is. It is. Yeah. And children are perceptive, you know, and so oh, yeah. they know oh, yeah. Yeah. when parents are stressed, you know, even if it's not like directly communicated in words, I mean, they can tell Absolutely. when parents are dealing with stress. Yeah. So I know when I'm stressed, I'm more impatient with my kids. Like I yell more than I like to. Uh, I expect more of them. And then I start to see them like distance themselves from me. And that's when I realized like, wow, I'm taking my stress out on my kids. And that, I mean, that's not a pleasant no, feeling no. to feel like, oh man, I'm failing my kids. Right. Absolutely. And you, you go through that denial, mm -hmm. you know, then acceptance and yes. guilt and the, whatever yeah. those five stages yeah. are, I can never keep them in order. But uh, I think everybody's going through a lot of those. One last question. This has been great information, but why pediatrics? How did you get into it? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I have always loved, you know, children. I, obviously, I have five children of well, my obviously, own. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, but, you know, even like growing up, I worked in like an after-school program, enjoyed, you know, working with kids. Um, I had decided, you know, as a kind of a senior in high school that I was going to be a, an anesthesiologist. And so then met a nurse anesthetist who said, well, nurse anesthesia is a good, good way to go. Yeah. So, I went to nursing school, you know, out of high school with the intent of being a nurse anesthetist. Well, it shouldn't have been a surprise that when I went through my pediatric rotation of nursing that I just absolutely loved it. And my instructor, you know, at the time that did my pediatric nursing, you know, she basically said, I mean, if you don't go into pediatric nursing, like, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like, I can tell you're passionate about this and you enjoy it. So well, good for you. That's why I decided that, you know, being a, a pediatric nurse practitioner is what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's outstanding. I mean, any 
any job that you have where you get up, you're excited to go yeah. is, you know, is, is just a blessing from God. It truly is. Mm -hmm. That's really great information. Thanks for taking the time to talk about this. Again, this was Josh Peterson, nurse practitioner at UniPoint Clinic Pediatrics. For the most up-to-date information on COVID-19, visit our website at unipoint.org or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website at cdc.gov. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest for the COVID-19 pandemic, please uh, uh, shoot us an email at stlukescr at unipoint.org. In the meantime, wash your hands, cover your cough, and confine yourself if you're ill, and uh, practice social distancing.